Are you sick of your current siding? Are your gutters sagging? When it's time to update your home's exterior in the Berks County, Pennsylvania area, turn to Storms Exteriors, LLC. Their siding, gutter, and deck contractors can replace your old features with sturdy new ones you can count on for years to come. Turn your house into a neighborhood showstopper. Contact Storms Exteriors, LLC now to schedule siding installation or seamless gutter services along with free estimates at 610-858-1184 or stormsexteriors.com on the web and also on Facebook at Storms Exteriors LLC. This is Chet with Flow Racing. You're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Go check out Line Decker Racing Engines on Facebook. Type in J Line Decker into your search bar and go see what Jason's got going on. On our breaking news items, not a whole lot to go over breaking news wise. Interesting enough, as you guys saw with the World 100 this past two weeks ago now at Eldora Speedway, Ricky Weiss was DQ'd for the droop rule where they're checking the deck height from the ground and accusations of not using the jack correctly to jack it up and going too fast, whatever the case is. Well, XR Super Series has now decided to drop the droop rule starting with tonight's Kokomo Nationals. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, I don't know that anyone can really take advantage of this i don't know we'll see how it plays out but i'm curious what goes on if anyone seems i don't know faster because of it or what it's going to allow maybe we need to get a late model guy on here soon to discuss this droop rule hmm maybe we're onto something and the only other piece of breaking news i have um you guys saw the horrible accident at the Tuscarora 50 with Dylan Sisney all but getting caught on fire. Well, he was named the mayor of Port Royal. Yes, not the track, the borough, the town. He is the legit mayor. That came two days after his horrible accident. And he walked in with a sling on and accepted uh, becoming the mayor, which is pretty cool. I think that's a good thing for racing i do um and along with that too do want to touch on um there was another horrible accident out in california um not 100 percent sure of what track it was uh car caught on fire once again fire rescue team was not as quick as port royals unfortunately but dj netto another driver attempted to help this driver once again and he wasn't as successful as Logan Wagner and Danny Dietrich with assisting. As unfortunately, the flames are hot and almost caught himself on fire in the process. And he did the best he could. You know, and again, applaud the effort. Or absolutely applaud the effort. Well, Friday night at the World of Outlaw event out in California, which we're going to get to shortly, they awarded DJ Neto with being Outlaw Tough. 
which normally they provide that award to not always, but someone who possibly has Down syndrome or cancer or has gone through something very tragic in their life or unfortunate circumstances. Really cool to see them award this to DJ Neto for his efforts in, in trying to put out this fire. So hats off to him. On to our results. We're going to go back to last Sunday, which these two events I already told you were rained out, but we're going to touch on them anyway. Action Track USA, Dick Tobias Classic, 5,000 to win for the Speedsters. Again, we know that was rained out, as was the Super Dirt Show, the Cavalcade Weekend, day number two at Weed Sports Speedway. Also, again, we know did rain out. On to last Tuesday, Castrol Flow Race Night in America. Fairbury American Legion Speedway at Illinois, $22,022 to win. Bobby Pierce was your winner over Frank Heckenass Jr. and Shannon Babb, running out the top three. Guys, if you didn't watch this, go back on Flow and watch that replay. Oh, my God. Fairbury puts on some awesome, awesome racing, and what a show it was. On a Thursday... Fonda Speedway kicking off their Fonda 200 weekend with an underdog 33 non-winners race. Jack Lehner was your winner. Weird to say Jack Lehner is a non-winner this year, but yes, that is no longer the case as he was in victory lane. Lucas Oil Late Models kicking off the Lucas Oil Late Model Nationals at Knoxville Raceway, 7,000 to win. Shane Clanton was your winner over Earl Pearson Jr., and Jonathan Davenport running out your top three. Lucas Oil ASCS also kicking off their weekend for the Hockett McMillan Memorial Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri. Tim Crawley was your winner over Derek Hager and Mr. URC himself, Mark Smith, running out the top three. On to Friday night's national events, and we're going to go right back to Fonda Short Track Super Series North Region also Elite Series event. Fonda 200 Weekend Modified Qualifiers, 54 cars in attendance for this. Qualifier number one went to Billy Decker. Qualifier number two went to Stuart Friesen. Qualifier number three to Max McLaughlin. And qualifier number four went to Bobby Hackle, the fourth. World of Outlaw Sprints, Tom Tarleton Classic, Keller Auto Speedway in California, 21,000 to win. And boy, these shark racing boys have stepped it up. Logan Schuhart, your winner over teammate Jacob Allen and James McFadden rounding out the podium. All-Stars Dirt Classic Qualifier, Williams Grove Speedway, 6,000 to win. Lance DeWeese, your winner over Brent Marks and TJ Stutz rounding out the top three. Lucas Oil ASCS, Hockett McMillan Memorial, once again, Lucas Oil Speedway in Missouri. Ayrton Jennington was your winner over Dylan Westbrook and Roger Crockett, rounding out your podium. Lucas Oil Late Models, night number two of the Lucas Oil Late Model Nationals in Knoxville. 7,000 to win this one again. Bobby Pierce was your winner over RTJ Ricky Thornton Jr. And Chris Simpson rounded out the top three. USAC Sprints. Circle City Raceway in Indiana, KTJ, Kevin Thomas Jr. back at Victory Lane, Brady Bacon, and Timez rounded out your podium. On to our local events, Friday night, of course, went down to Granby for the 
Freedom 38er on Friday night. And boy, was it a show. I might say this may have been a better feature than Saturday. Probably up for debate. Everyone loves her modifieds, but the show Logan Watt put on, the show Ryan Grimm and Jordan Hen put on battling for the lead, this may have been more intense. But half the laps, it's go time. There is no waiting. In the end, Ryan Grimm was your winner over Logan Watt, who started 17th, 17th a second, and he's only ran there twice, I think. And Brett Gilmore rounded out your top three. Penn Can, King of the Can weekend, kicked off with their 602 Great Sportsman program. Jimmy Zacharias was your winner. That's it for Friday night. Believe it or not, a lot of tracks are done or don't have anything coming up until these end-of-year big events or big weekends. So we're going to roll right into Saturday's national events. Once again, Short Track Super Series, North Region Event, Elite Series, Fonda 200, 53,000 to win. Matt Shepard was your winner over Anthony Prego and Mike Mahaney rounding out your top three. I caught a bit of this with the highlights that we were watching after Grandview. We watched, I think, the last 50 laps. It was, it's interesting to watch 200 laps. It really is, especially with a halfway break. Uh, lap 100, they stopped and allowed guys to pit, redid a little bit of the track work. It made it very interesting, very, very interesting. A lot of strategy coming into play. But in the end, Matt Shepard taking home to 53,000. And the 602 great sportsman portion of the event for 2,000 to win went to Cody Clark. All-Stars, Dirt Classic, presented by Schmuck Lumber Company, Lincoln Speedway, 20000 to win, and it's never over until it's over. Anthony Macri led this thing, I think, out of the gate, but he didn't lead the correct lap. Turns one and two of the last lap, Brent Marks threw her in there on the bottom and stuck it and led the only lap he needed to, which was the last one. Anthony Macri came home in second, and Justin Peck rounded out your top three. Lucas Oil ASCS, Hockett McMillan Memorial, Lucas Oil Speedway, once again, 10,000 to win the finale. Wayne Johnson ended up your winner over Blake Hahn and Scott Boguski. Lucas Oil ESS, Canadian Sprint Car Nationals 2022, Ashwikin Speedway in Ontario, 10,000 to win. Yes, we did cover this event a few weeks ago. That was the 2021 version. In the end, Ryan Turner was your winner over Mikey Kruchka and the Cobra, Chuck Hebing, running out the top three. And when it was all said and done, Jordan Poirier was named your Lucas Oil ESS 2022 champion. Lucas Oil Late Models. 50,000 to win finale at the Lucas Oil Late Model Nationals in Knoxville. Rained out early on Saturday, postponing it to Sunday, which they did get in. They shortened it another 25 laps due to it being during the day. There were storms coming through. 
They pushed, 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 got the show in. In the end, Jonathan Davenport was your winner, running down leader Tyler Bruning late. Tyler Bruning did end up second, and Bishop, Brandon Shepard, rounded out your top three. USAC Sprints, Hobstop, Hustler, Tri-State Speedway in Indiana, 12,000 to win. Congratulations going out to first-time USAC Sprint winner Jaden Rogers, leading wire to wire, but those guys were on him, and he held them off. Kyle Cummins coming home in second, and Jason McDougal rounding out your podium. Mars Racing Series, Tom Knowles Memorial, Spoon River Speedway in Illinois, 4,000 to win. Ryan Unziker picking up the win over Jason Fager and Bob Gardner. Southern All-Stars 50th Annual Alabama State Championships East Alabama Motor Speedway. 4,050 to win. And in the, as I call it, Craig Von Doren lookalike car in the 1C, Kenny Collins was your winner over Austin Horton and J.R. Mosley. And I don't don't normally uh, get into Lernerville or anything out Western PA. It's just, it, it becomes a lot of tracks you got to cover. I do want to cover the event they did run on Saturday which was the fast sprint car series that normally runs out in the Ohio area. They ran the 10,000 to win Commonwealth clash and had a lot of cars considering the all-stars were at Lincoln saw a couple of the Pennsylvania guys that PA posse guys that normally you think would have been at Lincoln. Uh, Billy Dietrich went out. So did Ryan Smith. Also Devin Borden. And in the end, Aaron Reitzel was your winner over Scotty Thiel and the Black Mamba, Kale Thomas, running out the podium. On to our local events. Grandview Speedway, Freedom 76er, 30,062 win. I'm not going to go into a whole lot here because we're going to listen to a lot of the coverage on this week's episode. But what I never got a chance to say on the episode is thank you to the Rogers family for one, for all they've done for 60 years. I haven't been around that long, of course, but if it is the end, congratulations on a successful run. Also, thank you for the hospitality. I took the advantage of being able to go into the infield and I watched all the heat races from the infield. It's wild to watch it in that perspective. Sat in the grandstands hundreds of times, but the infield, only once for heat races, and it was wild, 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 wild. Um, one thing you'd never think, I, I've been in the infield at Lincoln a bunch of times, I've been in the infield at Port Royal, been in the infield at the Grove, been in the infield, of course, at Diamond working. Grandview, though, is loud. I had to have earplugs sent down to me. Um, thank you, Jeff Allen, for bringing them down, but it was loud as could be it it, it was kind of like a bowl where that that noise just never escaped um but it was wild but yeah we'll get into uh, all the details from grandview from saturday night but we'll give you your top three which i think is only fitting the guy who's won the most there craig von dorn coming out on top with brett cressley runner-up and jeff strunk running on your podium 
only fetting, I think. New Egypt, 602 crate sportsman win going to Joe Toth, which also locked up his championship. Northeast wingless sprints, Brendan Hires once again, uh, picking up the win in that division. And Mass 305's, Buddy Schweibens, picking up the victory there as well. Woodhall ran a Street Stock 100 weekend. I'm not going to get into Street Stocks, but they did have 602 Create Sportsman on the card, and Isabel Barron was your winner. The Land of Legends, 10,000 to win Gerald Ayers Memorial. Big Block Modifieds, 48 cars strong. 208 Modifieds in action on Saturday night was insane. In the end, Eric Rudolph was your winner. Pen Can, King of Can, $6,767.67 to the winner. Tyler Seary took home the checkered at Pen Can. USAC East Coast was down in Virginia at Winchester Speedway on Saturday night. Briggs Danner was your winner over Preston Latimus and Kenny Miller III, rounding out your top three. Those are your results on to your upcoming events. A lot of stuff coming. Super Dirt, Saturday night, Malta Massive Weekend, Albany, Saratoga Speedway, 10,000 to win. That will be on Dirt Vision. World of Outlaw Sprints, Friday, before the Crowns Showdown, Eldora Speedway, 10,000 to win. Saturday, they will be at Sharon Speedway, also in Ohio, 10,000 to win that one as well. Those will be on Dirt Vision. All-Stars, Saturday night, four crown nationals, Eldora Speedway, 10,000 to win. That will be on Flow. World about all late models, Friday and Saturday, Boyd's Speedway in Georgia, 10,000 to win Friday, 20,000 to win Saturday. That will be on Dirt Vision. Lucas Oil late models, Friday night, night before the Jackson Brownstown Speedway in Indiana, 10,000 to win. And Saturday night, 43rd annual Jackson 100, Brownstown Speedway, 20,000 to win. XR Super Series tonight and tomorrow, Kokomo Dirt Nationals, Kokomo Speedway. This was the event that was supposed to be at Texas, but they moved it. 20,000 to win tonight, 40,000 to win tomorrow. USAC Sprints, Midgets, and Silver Crown all in action this weekend. So Thursday, we have the Sprints running the James Dean Classic at Gas City I-69 Speedway. Of course, Indiana. Friday night, Midgets and Silver Crown run the Before the Crown. Saturday, it will be the Sprints and Midgets. Four Crown Nationals, 10,000 to win for both classes. I would assume... 10,000 to win for Silver Crown as well on Friday night, but don't mark my words on that. USAC sprints and midgets, that'll be on flow as well. Even Friday night, I believe the broadcast will bounce between Dirt Vision for the Outlaws and back to flow for USAC. So get ready to flip around there. Ultimate Super Late Model Series, Saturday, Clarksdale Classic, Modoc Raceway in South Carolina, 5,000 to win. Bridgeport, Motorsports Park, one of my favorite weekends of the year. God, I miss this guy. He would have been my first guest on this podcast. Mark my words. 
he would have been my first guest. The Danny Serrano 100 weekend. A lot of stuff going on at Bridgeport this weekend. So Friday night, the Mass 305 Sprint Cars, Sportsman Run, Street Stocks Run, Modified Practice. Saturday, we have Modified Triple 20 Qualifiers. Mass 305s run again, 602 Greats run again. And then Sunday, the Modified 100 Lapper plus one-on-one match races. 602 Crates run a 40 Lapper and four cylinders on the card as well. It was 10 grand to win for the Modifieds. Now they had a uh, bounty put up that if Mr. Godown does not win, it's 20 grand. So a lot, a lot, a lot going on at Bridgeport. The triple 20 qualifiers pay 1500 to win each of those. They're running a cash dash. That will pay 600 to win. Lot of stuff going on. I think Bridgeport is the place to be. I will be down there Sunday. And even the 602 Crate Sportsmen are running for 4000 to win. There's going to be a shit ton of cars. So be prepared to uh, get your butts down to Bridgeport. Williams Grove will be running a outlaw tune-up event on Friday night. For uh, you know, it's, it's it's around the corner. Natty Open's coming. Sealands Grove runs their version of the National Open. They're running on Friday and Saturday, the Jim Nace National Open weekend. Six thousand to win Friday's prelim events and twenty-six thousand to win Saturday night. Those are your upcoming events. Those were your results. As always, thank you to all of our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Smash the five-star rating button on all your podcast platforms. And of course, big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown and company for the support. On to our episode. You see it in the title, you know what you're getting. 76er weekend recap. A lot of stuff happening. A very eventful night. We'll see um, what the future holds. Maybe this is the last 76 recap we get. Who knows? Guess we'll find out. Never know what the future holds. Take advantage of it. Go support your tracks. Go support your tracks. Please do. Please, please, please do. But that's all I got for you. Great episode lined up this week. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation with um, a non-driver. I'm not going to divulge who I got, but I think it'll be really, really good. So until next time. Enjoy the show. Bill Brown and Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud dirt track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown and Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports dirt track racing through the sponsorship of the number 11 modified, driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses at Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the 4 Wide Salute Podcast. You can reach Bill Brown and Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. This week's episode of the Four Wide Sloop Podcast, we are back with another big race recap. And why not? It was the sixer, baby. Well, Kenny, um, not surprised by what we saw yesterday, to be honest. 
Um, they always say cream rises to the top, and it surely did when it came down to the end of this one. But um, I gotta say, it. And I hate to say it, it didn't feel like it was gonna be the last one. No, I agree. I got that feeling too. You know, the vibe came through, but it might not be the last one either. And Jeff dropped that subtle hint there in the uh, pre-race ceremony. So um, who knows? I mean, I hope it's not. That's for sure. You know, it's it's always a great time, Sixer weekend. And I had a blast yesterday and hanging out with friends and seeing everybody. And yeah, if it was the last one, it was a nice farewell. But let's hope it's not. Yeah, I mean, and for the whole thing going on with them and everyone has their opinions and everyone's, you know, trying to save Grandview and everything going on with petitions and this and that, I didn't really think that it was any different. 72 cars, I'm not counting four backup cars, I can't do it. So 70, no. 72 cars or drivers, let's say 72 drivers, the grandstands were full, but there was room to sit and camping I heard was outrageous, but it didn't really seem outrageous. So I don't know. It was just this weird thing. And it was nice to see some guys show up that you weren't expecting to see compete. I'll say that. Was it yeah. was it because it could be the last one? Who knows? But um, if it was, it was nice to see people like Adrian Delapani, Cody Manmiller, uh, get their chance at running a modified at Grandview at least once. Right. No, it definitely was. And, you know, hey, Lance Willicks made the ride down from Mohawk on Friday night. So uh, he, he did tell me one of the reasons he wanted to come is because just in case it was the last one. So. He wanted to say he made a 76er. So, and he did yesterday. And, uh, yeah, it was, like you say, it was crowded. It was definitely crowded, but I could see over in the stands. There was room to sit if you wanted to. Yeah, it, it just, I don't know. It was, and then to add into everything else, all the armed guards walking around. I didn't see that. I was in the pit, so I didn't see any of that. So, so. Friday night and Saturday night, there were armed security officers walking around, outside, inside, um, in the chance that people were going to start trying to tear this place down. Which wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. I saw them do it at Syracuse, DeMille. That place was pillaged. And I think that's why. I think it was, um, you know, to make light of it, joking around on the infield last night with a couple of guys about, you know, they said, make sure you don't leave here with something that you didn't come in with. And, well, if you didn't bring a two by four with you, don't leave with one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's funny. You said this last week after the Cole Cracker episode about beating a dead horse and talking about one person over and over again. Yeah. Well, I think after two days, he was the show. Logan Logan put on an impressive performance Friday night. And then the little shit makes his first sixer. I couldn't believe it. 
And then no, I couldn't either. And then running top five for the first how many laps? Probably about the first twenty-five. I couldn't believe so. it. I mean, I can believe yeah. it, but I couldn't believe it. Right. I, I think he was, sort of got wore out a little bit. He hasn't ran, never raced you know, longer than probably fifty laps of his life. So. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, he was he was he was fun to watch, and uh, yeah, I couldn't believe when he. When he made that show yesterday out of his heat race, and he outrun Jared Elmenar mm-hmm. to win that heat race. You know, Jared got his nose under him one time, um, but then Logan had the angle coming off the turn two, and that was the last time he got a shot at him. And then the, the little kids did it, and, and I was so proud of him. Yeah, Leslie saw, I saw Leslie afterwards before we left last night. She said, oh yeah, he was tired. He was begging for a yellow. So, uh, but it's part, it's part of the game that, you know, you got to get yourself in great shape. Von Doren has spoke to that numerous times about, you know, eating right and going to the gym and staying in shape. And, uh, you know, Billy Pouch Sr., perfect example of that, too. Uh, you yeah. know, you, you got to have the stamina and the endurance and, and the strength to do it. And I think that realistically is what got Logan in the end. But it's all part of the game. It's all part of learning. And, um, yeah, the heat race, I mean... I would think running the crate car probably helped him a lot in that first heat race when the track's heavy and you got to stick everything to the bottom. I think I think running the crate car probably actually helped him in that regard. Yeah, I do too. I think you know as one of as one of the veterans, you know they didn't want to run the heat, early heat races, but I think you're exactly right with Logan. It probably helped him to run uh, in heat one or two, and well, one in which he did, because the passing is definitely tougher. Yeah, keeping the car underneath you, and and that I think definitely is what is what helped him. And you know, we talk about it again, beating a dead horse, right? The kid just knows how to control a race car and not let it get away from him, and that's all he realistically had to do. Um, you know, it wasn't like he started in the top four. He had to get one spot, so it you know it wasn't given to him and just okay we start on the pole and you and you made it. No, he had to actually pass somebody to get in the show, and he did. Yeah, he did, and it was very impressive. And uh, you know, I, I obviously I watch him a lot, and uh, I watched him through that whole feature, and with the exception of maybe two corners, I, I don't think he made a mistake all night. He just. You know, a couple times he got in there a little hard. I'd noticed the car start to push up a little bit, but he just kept kept himself. You know, I, I me and Ryan talked to him a little bit before the race while they were preparing the car. It was like, just keep the car under you. Don't make mistakes. Don't get in the way and run all 72 laps. That's your goal. Yep. If you get a top five, great. If you get a top 10, great. 15th, 20th, whatever you get is great. Just stay out of the way. Keep the car underneath you. And uh, that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly what he did, and um, you know, and speaking and going back to surprises too, I was very surprised in that heat race to see the twenty-eight of Mike Trouchold. Yeah, I'm surprised because he's usually a Dale guy, and I figured he would he would have been up Fonda, but uh, yeah, he's he, he didn't make it, but uh, I was surprised to see him there for sure. Well, he had probably the move of the night, in my opinion. Uh, you know, beaten out Strada by six thousandths of a second to get into that, uh, into the, um, in the Minuteman 20. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was about as close as it could get. 
where if you blink, you definitely miss something there. But no, you're right. He's a Deo guy. I was very surprised that, you know, with Fonda going on, I was very, very shocked to see him there. But hey, there's usually one every year that you're just really not expecting to see. Um, right. You know, Lance, I kind of am not surprised. He's been there. He came down in 2020. You know, him being friends with, and you know, and Doug Keels tied, you know, tied into them and, and everything. It doesn't necessarily really surprise me, but yeah, the distance, of course, you know, that's, that's a, that's a haul. Yeah. Cause he, he told me he didn't get home till two 30 in the morning from Mohawk and slept for about four or five hours. And then they had to get up and head down here. And, uh, it was just him and his wife too. Nobody else. And wow. He got down. He was happy to get in and, uh, you know, I went down here. I went down in between intermission, like, and he was trying to mount a new tire. Him and his wife, and they were calling him up for the redraw. And I go, "Yeah, Lance, I'll take care of it. I'll do it for you." And he's like, "Oh man, that's such a help, such a help." He's like, and uh, so I, I actually mounted a tire for him, so I felt good. But uh, it, yeah, it was nice to see him because he wanted. He told me he said his goal was to get to the cold cracker. He said just with the weather, he couldn't do it. And with, you know, with having a makeup date that Friday, he mm-hmm. said I couldn't have made it anyway because we had a tour race. So, but uh, he was happy, you know, he, he would have wished he would have finished a little better afterwards, he said. But uh, he made it and uh, that was his goal when he did it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's all it is, setting a goal for yourself. I mean, it's it's hard to set the bar way high. I mean, yeah, everyone wants to win it. but. Right. You know, it's just, let's be honest, like it's Gravy's one of them tracks where you have to know that track. You can't, that's not a track I think you can just go into and figure it out right away. No, he's not. And then, you know, he's running the dirt legal specs, which is probably a little underpowered than the other guys than the, the PA specs. But, um, you know, he was happy. He's- Afterwards, he was uh, yeah, got a long ride home now, but it was worth it. Yeah, um, you know, another one too. I felt so bad for the guy. Got a lot of praise last weekend. Sammy March Jr. just had the worst luck yesterday, and I was explained after the fact. But it is a rule at Grandview that if your car does not refire after two laps of attempts, you will get black flagged, and. I think, I think he would have pulled off anyway. I really Probably, do. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you're gonna sit there and just do this all night. But the fact that the black flag comes out, I think, just as work, it just piles on, and then because of it, now you're getting booed by people, and that I don't. I don't know. I didn't like that part of the night as a as an official, a fan. You know, I, I just. Nah, I don't think you need to boo somebody at that point. But uh, just shit luck. I mean, that tire that brought out the first yellow with him, I mean, that thing was completely off the rim. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, was he in the heat race that where it took forever? Uh, No, he was. Oh, wait. Yes. Yeah, yes, he was. Cause it's the same, it's the he, same heat race as Ryan Watt was. Yeah, he was in Cozy's Black Cloud heat race. 
Um, poor guy. Oh my god, anything that Cozy could get involved in last night in that heat race, he was, and I don't oh, yeah. think any of it was ever his fault. No. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the 12-car heat race where everything kept happening. Um, Kevin Herthler probably was begging for that to just get checkered early, as he yes. led pretty much that whole thing, but, um, yeah, it was, uh... That was the eventful one. Sure, it took like I swear it took like 25, 30 minutes just for that one heat race. I mean, I'll say the that was heat three. Heat two was really good with Rashinsky yes. Jr. and uh, who the hell was the other one that was up there? There were three of them. Rashinsky, three of them, yes, Jr. Ryan Grimm. Yeah. yeah, they were running really close together, and they had pulled away from yeah. from the rest of the field there for a while. That was a great, great battle. Um, yeah, I would think that was probably the best heat race as far as uh, back in you know how how tight it was. Right. But okay. um, yeah, you're right. And um, you know, another heartbreaker too, Loudon Reimer. Oh. Yeah. Something, uh, something's going on with that car. Yeah, from warm ups, so from warm ups on, it just that car has. There was definitely something wrong with the motor department or driveline department, one or the other. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, it's all about that draw, baby, and he gets the pole, and that thing just never went anywhere fast. Yeah. Nope. And you know, a year like he's had with picking up wins at three different tracks and modifieds this year. I mean, it was kind of, all right, let's, let's see what we can do and just kills your whole momentum. And, um, unfortunately just that thing never got off the ground. It just, it seemed almost like it was down a cylinder. Yeah, it was definitely he fired off on the reach on that start there as he raised and he just, you know, just car just wouldn't ever get up to speed guys were passing him and ever since he had that i think that last win in new egypt it's you know he got he got you know he got a break with that one when the two guys crashed in front of him but uh ever since that one his luck his, his luck's, luck's definitely turned a downhill turn that's for sure yeah yeah um were there any big surprises coming out of the heat races for you anybody you thought okay making the show that you really were surprised by no, I thought I thought for that point, I mean, other than Logan, I thought the heats went pretty well as expected. You know, the last heat, you know, Dwayne didn't make it in, but uh, you know, he, I don't know what happened over there. Things weren't one and two there, but he definitely did get into uh, Kratz or I think it was Kratz. I don't know. Joe Funk. Sure. No, it was Funk. Joe Funk. That's right. Yeah. So and uh, so I don't know what happened there. He got put back, but just didn't quite have enough to get up there and qualify and. Ended up in the Minuteman 20, so... But that was probably the biggest surprise of the night for me, for qualifying-wise. But, no, I, th- I thought for, like, a sixer part, for a regular sixer, I thought the heats went pretty much true to form. And um, with not too many surprises. Because, like you said, the first couple of heats, there wasn't a ton of passing. But after that, the track widened out a little bit. And they were able to pass. But still got pretty rough there at times. Jack Butler, he had an interesting heat, didn't he? 
Oh, yeah. Well, he was in the Cozy Heat. Yes. Yeah. And what would happen, too, is, you know, you don't get a lap in. You got to go back to the previous uh, completed lap as far as your lineup goes. And those guys were constantly jockeying around him, Krejcian. Um, it, it was what? Watt. Yeah. They kept having to reconfigure themselves every time because they could not get a lap in so many times. And, um, you know, it'll screw with you. I, I think it I think it screwed with a bunch of them guys. It, you know, to, you get your momentum going, you figure something out, you make a great move, you have a great lap, and it all goes away. And it, it's, uh, it, it, it screws with your head. It really does. But, um, yeah. You know, that, that Dwayne heat, Kyle Weiss started eighth in that heat race. And we know how his night turned out, finishing top five. So, yeah, you can see the progression over the heat races as guys are starting to see guys move around a little bit. Right, yeah. You know, Kyle Weiss, you know, he's, he's in a good car. But uh, that, I guess, you know, you can consider that a little bit of a surprise because... He just hasn't raced much all year, mm. but uh, yeah. But uh, you know, the Omanauer car is a good car, and uh, it's nice to see him get in there, and nice to see him get a top five. He hung in there all night. Well, I mean, we remember what Varon did in that car at the Sixer, right? You know that that that's a stout piece when it comes to this race. I think it is. I think it's a it's a hot seat. I mean, if you're an outside guy that doesn't have your own ride lined up or, or whatever the case is, I would want an opportunity to ride that car. Absolutely. I mean, Tom's been around, um, knows how Grandview goes and knows how to set that thing up. I mean, that, that definitely was a stout piece last night. Yeah, it was very quick. And, you know, they battled back after, you know, Jared flipped it that night at Diamond and, you know, they brought it out for the cold cracker and, they weren't really, it was more of a test session for the cold cracker to make sure everything was, you know, bolted up right after he flipped it. So, but, uh, yeah, it was strong and, uh, got a good motor in that car and Tom knows how to set up a car for Grandview. So it was good, good for Kyle Weiss. Kyle's a good guy. It was, uh, really nice to see him get a good finish. List. And he was in the top five all night. It's not like he lucked into it at the end. So, no, I mean, I think pretty sure he started somewhere up there. Um, but it wasn't. Like it was handed to him, you know, he he had to, uh, you know, we saw guys come through the field and you got to make sure that you still stay there. That's part of the thing I've noticed, too. It's almost like once you get your. He started fifth. So, yeah, there's he held his own the whole night. But once guys, you know, once Strunk gets there and passes you, um. I've seen it happen so many times where all of a sudden, all right, that guy that just got passed just fades back so fast. Or once Bondoran gets you, you pull in. I've seen it happen so many times. And to see guys like that get passed by those big guys and don't just drop off, that that's a, a test to how good that car is. I mean, if anything would have happened late in that race, which... Believe me, I think about 90% of the grandstands were kind of thinking something was about to happen between those top guys. He would have yeah. been right there. He would have been right there. Yeah, he would have been. Yep. Um, 
you know, the feature started out so well for our guys, our diamond guys. Um, Nick Roshinsky draws a pull. Uh, I'm sure that made his night. And then leads, I think, the first 20 or so laps. Yeah, first 20-something laps, yeah. Yeah, and, and that car was fast. And when Buckwaller got by him, Nick wasn't having it. He ran him right back. He ran him oh, right yeah. back. There was no, all right, 76 laps, let's settle. Let's get into a groove and save our stuff. Nope, nope, mm-mm. Nick was, uh, that reminded me a lot of their dog, Bristol. That dog's on the go all the time, and that's how Nick was last night. No, he was. And, you know, Nick's a, Nick's a perfect driver for Grandview. You know, they say it takes a certain driver for Grandview, and I, I think Nick's the perfect driver because he has that bulldog attitude and you know he's tough to pass and uh he makes his car wide when he has to but he, he never gives up and you know he, he's not afraid to get in there and you know, i'm not gonna say rough it up but you just you know dig and got you know gouged from them spots and uh he, he did us proud last night for sure yeah yeah I, and um you know matt stangle hasn't had a whole lot of laps at grandview i mean he has but he hasn't and has not had a lot of success, which again, it's hard for guys to come in and just make it work. I know it probably wasn't anywhere near what Norm wanted um, out of a result of having two race cars, but two top tens and those cars didn't look bad. No, I, I, I think with the year Norm's had, he's happy with bringing two cars home in the top ten. But, uh, well, Norm's, you know, it's hard to get him happy, but, uh, without winning. But, but no, it was, um, Stangle ran a good race, uh, quiet, stayed out of trouble. And he just, that car was just steady all day and took advantage of a couple guys' misfortunes towards the end and got himself up there to a nice finish. And, you know, Michael Storms was a car two behind him. So, yeah, Norm have two cars in the top 10. He's got to be some, you know, somewhat happy with it. And they're both rolling the trailer afterwards. Right. Right, that's you know that's the biggest thing is um, not going to have to replace anything or minor things if that. But um, no, it was it was good to see Matt. I mean, he had a great run at the coal cracker too. Yes, he did. So maybe there is something there that works. You know, you never know what the future may hold. You don't even yeah. know what today is going to be, but um. There might be something there. There might, I mean, it, it's rare you see a guy hop in a car he's never been in twice in a matter of, what, eight days and runs well both times. Yeah. So, yeah, that yeah. there might be something to it. Um, I felt bad for Timmy last night. It looked really good. And that thing, um, I, I don't want to guess what happened to that car last night, but um, didn't bring out the yellow, though. He very easily could have, but he waited and turned two, waved him in, and he hooked her in and let the green run keep going. Yeah, I was surprised. I I thought he was going to come to a stop there, and all of a sudden, like you say, he just jerked the wheel left and pulled in, and uh, which is good. You know, most guys won't do that. They'll wait for the yellow, but uh, you know, good for Timmy to do that and keep the race going. But uh, yeah, it was yeah, I, I would like to see Tim get a good run, and unfortunately. Uh, yeah, he got bit. Yep, he got bit. And um, two other guys that got bit. 
Kevin Herthler. You know, <laughs> wins the cash dash. And looking really good. Car looked great. He knows how to run there. And um, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, he He's like a Roshinsky. Like, he ain't going to give you a lot of room. You're going to have to get by him the hard way. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go on record and say Billy turned. It <laughs> definitely turned him. Um, not quite sure why there was no reprimanding of that, but, um, and then of course, Herthler takes a swipe at Kyle Weiss, not realizing who turned him. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't see that because where I was sitting in the pit stands, that's one, one section of the, or the turn over there, I couldn't see. So, but I, yeah, I felt bad for Kevin. You know, he, he, he said he won his heat, won the cash dash and the car was looking really strong and unfortunate for him, uh, yeah, you know, he's just a victim of something. I mean, because this is a guy who doesn't really run elsewhere. Go to Bridgeport a couple of times, maybe, or maybe a show up at Baps, but that's his house on the hill. And, um, you know, again, that whole mantra of, you know, this is the last one, let's look really good. And, yeah, um, what a bummer. And then, of course... Um, God, Waddy just loves putting on shows for us, don't he? Yes, he does. Oh, my Sometimes Lord. Sometimes good. No. No, he... I will start calling him Evil Knievel, I think. Um, yeah. Jumped someone's, I believe, right rear, if I'm not mistaken. And he put on a flipping expedition on the front stretch. Yeah, I saw... I, I was watching the leaders. I didn't see what happened. I just... All of a sudden, I just saw the end result of it, and... Uh, that, unfortunately, that car is a write-off right now. Yeah, it wasn't, from what I gather, it was not just a, you know, a, a once-over. It was really like a snap flip, almost like a wingless sprint car. Um, it was pretty gnarly. Uh, from what I gather, it was bad. And poor Logan ends up on the red, sitting there on the front stretch right behind it. Yeah, I was talking to him about that. I mean, somebody asked her to ask him about that afterwards. He goes, no, I was okay. He said, as long as I thought I was crying, but it was, I wasn't crying. It was just tears. It was just, um, I was, my eyes were so dusty from, <laughs> from the track. But, uh, yeah, it was a shame for Ryan. He was, he's, you know, he came on. He was going to get a solid top 10. And like you say, unfortunately, uh, he hopped someone's wheel. And, you know, it, the, the safety. The car did its job, the safety thing. He was okay afterwards. Uh, you know, I talked to him, obviously. Right. The, but the, the cars, you know, this car has been through a lot this year. Yeah. Troyer car has been wrecked quite a few times, unfortunately. But I think this time was the one that uh, put it over the edge because it looked like the roll cage had bent a little bit, was twisted. So it's, I think it's done. Yeah. It's, um, boy, yeah. <laughs> It's just one of them things where, you know, they went green for, what, lap three to 51 or something like that. And lap 51, yep. I'm thinking, all right, this is just, just, all right, it's playing out, it's playing out. Strunk put himself in a great position as quickly as possible. Um, <coughs> It just, okay, nothing's really happening. And, you know, you're just waiting because, like, you know, there's got to be, 
the yellow at some point. Like something interesting has got to happen here real good. And and then you get that happening and it's like, okay, I could have really went without a yellow. <laughs> I didn't mean to beg yeah, for really. and I mean, you know, I look back at years ago when Go Down and Pouch had their you know, both getting DQ'd or whatever it was early on in the race. Yep. And, you know, you look for those type of moments and they just weren't common. And it's like, all right, yep. I didn't need that. I, the Hurthler pouch thing was entertaining as, you know, from a fan's perspective. But, yeah, I didn't need that in the front stretch. No. No, nah, we could have done without that for sure. You never see a guy tear up an equipment and you see anybody tear up equipment like that it's just too expensive to race anymore and uh, just thank thank god he's okay and you know but you know if it wasn't you know i guess we'll get on the the kresley what or the kresley uh von doran battle here but uh them restarts are probably what one correct the race yes yes well i'm gonna say the boilerplates one correct that race uh, and I and I hate saying it about someone who has so much talent and ability and has done so much. And to sit there and say that something other than his abilities won him a race. But anyone that was there saw Cressley was running him down. I mean, like a coyote in the wild, like running him down. But what do they always say? You can get to him. Can you pass him? And... Cressley got bit by that outside wall from what my count was at least a good three times. And yeah. it killed his momentum so bad. So bad. Um, but that that car was on point. Him and Craig and, and Strunk. All yeah. three of them. I mean, and again, if you're Vegas for this race, you're laying your odds, right? That's Those are your guys. They have to be. Oh yeah, definitely were at Grammy this year. Yeah, Craig's, you know, obviously got the most wins there. Craig's right behind him, and Jeff's just Mister Consistency. Plus, he's won eight of these six or so. You know, he's he's a master of long distance races. So yeah, you had to go in there, giving them the odds, top three. Yeah, had to. Um, I got I gotta give Cressley this too. Um, you know, thirty one thousand on the line. How many laps were left when Watt? flipped mm. uh, two yes yes it was two so two laps to go I'm gonna say second probably paid about 10 so there's a $20,000 difference right there between first and second Cressley is they're on the front stretch under red him and Craig kind of nose to tail but in different lanes Cressley is rowling up the crowd from his car. He's banging on the roof. He's banging on his roof. He's like banging the steering wheel. He's like going insane, like pumping his fist and um, pointing over at Craig. Like, I'm going to get him like going bananas. Under red, you have two laps, single file restart, mind you. Um, And you got to get past the greatest to ever do this at Grandview and He's going berserk. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah, it was, it was pretty. I didn't see that part because I was in the backstretch, actually. But uh, that's pretty cool that he did that. He don't mind playing the role of the villain. No. So, and uh, he likes it. And, uh, you know, 
afterwards when I, I interviewed him afterwards for you know, Dirt Truck Digest, and um, he was he was pretty jovial and a good mood for a guy to finish second. You know, Craig, uh, Brett can get a little bit, you know, I'm not gonna say crabby, <clears throat> but he is down. And sometimes he's a little harder to interview when you know he doesn't win like that. But he was pretty he was pretty happy after that race, and he told me, you know, I gave it all I got. I'm here to win, and you know, it, it didn't work out. You know. Well, I mean, what these guys know that there's people in the grandstands, and again, I guess if you're not gonna win, might as well put on the best show you possibly can. And he he did just that. I mean, like I said, he don't he doesn't jump the whatever cushion you can say was there because it was very thin. You don't jump that those those couple of times and, and kill your momentum. He wins that race. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Craig, you know, Craig wasn't giving him much space above him to, to make a pass, but especially in three and four. One and two, Craig drove the middle a little bit more and had him room, but uh, he, he figured Brett was better in three and four than he was in one and two, and that was where he was going to try to make his moves. So Craig sort of adjusted his lines a little bit. But, yeah, I, he, he got to give him the credit. He, he gave it his all, and, you know, hey, I'm banging off the plate. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, I'm still going to finish second. So Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that was, you know, I think that's what everyone in the grandstands was kind of thinking, like, all right, we've watched him get up to his rear, can't get a run beside him what's going to play out here are they going to wreck you know is Cressy going to take him out Strunk sitting there in third licking his chops uh it, you know it was especially under that red when everyone it just sank in two to go Cressy's probably faster at this point what's going to play out and it amped up the crowd so much um it, which of course, all after they said that Wadi was okay. Um, it yeah. turned from, it was like watching a movie where, oh my God, something sad happened. To, oh my God, it was the greatest ending. Um, <laughs> that it, it, it played out just like that. Um, you know, it, it, it was a good night. I, I really do think it was, <clears throat> you know, not for some guys, of course, but the racing was good. I think, uh, we didn't end up in a boring situation. I mean, look, last year's that track got locked down. You know, um, those guys ran the yeah. bottom, and it it became a different type of race. And it's what it is. But I think I think it was good. I think we love seeing these guys running the boilerplate in three and four. And Hell Cressley looked like he was trying to use the opening in the middle of one and two for more room. The way he was diving yeah. off the corner. So, I, I mean, I think it really played out all right. Definitely, you know, worth the price of admission. And, um, you know, all in all, pretty good night. Yeah, you know, when we came down to the end there, I was like, I was waiting for another, you know, remember I go down and got cool art or like a last lap there at Port Royal? Yes. Earlier in the year. And that's what I was waiting to happen. And, uh, you know, them two are going to battle hard. I, I wasn't worried about either one taking the other one out. But I wasn't i knew there would be some rubbing if they're possible but uh they they kept it good hard clean racing and no controversy at the end and that that makes a good night for me yeah yeah exactly um uh yeah it was um 
you know, there were some other guys, victim of circumstance that I thought, you know, if you look at this field, who probably should have been in the show? Who were the ones that snuck in there? You weren't thinking we're going to be in there. Guys like Logan. Um, you know, cozy sitting there on the outside looking in. Um, he's probably got to be the one that I would think you would have penciled in for this field. Him and him and Reimer, I would think are the two guys out of the DNQs. And then, uh, you know, Ron Herring last week, he wins the race and tonight, yeah, last, last night he couldn't qualify. So a little, he's been showing a lot of speed. I was surprised he didn't get in, but I wasn't, but I wasn't, you know, it's one of them things, but you know, it's a shame to win one week and not even qualify for the biggest race of the year the next week. Well, and you know, he was given the gift of starting fourth in the first heat. But here's the problem. I personally, and I, I never drove a race car, I'd never admit to doing so, but I don't know that I wouldn't want to be on the outside of the first heat race. No, I don't think so either. No. It's almost like when you're stuck in traffic at a, at a red light and it's bogged up two lanes and you can see up ahead is a tractor trailer and you're like don't want to be in that lane right it's exactly what that's like um yeah that was uh un- unfortunate for him because it dropped him backwards pretty quick yeah um you know the the draw there were a couple of guys that got bit by it I mean, uh, Grasso starting 11th, same with Wadi. That that sucks. Um, yeah. I got to be honest, Kenny, if this was me, I think I would have ran eight heat races yesterday. I thought they were going to at least. I thought they would have done that, too. I would have ran eight of nine cars and just. Qualified three. Yep. Yeah, so, I'm glad. I'm glad they have 12 lap heat races though, because it gives guys time. Which yeah, which exactly. So it's funny. I was watching Lucas Oil at Knoxville on Thursday, and Knoxville has their own invert for these guys, which normally they don't do an invert. And they said we're making the heat races were now 15 laps because of the invert. So. You know, Gravy runs 12-lap heat races every week, which is good. But they also, it's hard because they start 12 cars in a heat race. So you, right. you have to give them guys more time. Um, you know, I think in our situation on a Friday, we don't run 12-lap heat races. So it's better to not start 12 cars in a heat race. But, yeah, I thought for sure they would have, I mean, because Friday night they did that. They ran, I think there were only max of nine cars in one of the heat races for the crate or the, the sportsman. So I thought for sure, basing off of that, that would have happened yesterday, but obviously did not. It's hard. It, it is hard. There's no perfect way to do it. No, um, there's not. It, it's just, yeah. And then... To have, I think what sucks too from a fan's perspective is your top three guys are locked into the feature 
and aren't in your heat races. So you're not watching those guys do what they do every week. Right. And, and come up through the field in a heat race. So I think that aspect kind of sucked too, but like, again, it's what they've been doing for years. It's no knock there. Um, you know, but all in all, I mean, on Ben Howard trying, you know, watching him struggle to get in and, uh, Doug, you know, 10th yikes. Some of these guys got bit by the, by the draw, but some guys, some guys who normally are awful at the draw actually did really well. Um, you know, Reimer, we know it played out wrong, but on the pole of the heat race and he drew the worst number at diamond for the cold cracker. So at least he had that to take home with him and, and, uh, smile about a little bit. So, um, I will say this and, and people can say short track racing is dying all they want, but I know where you're going. 72 modifieds at Grandview. I'm going to get out my calculator for this because it's going to take some time. So 72. Okay. How many did Fonda have? 53. 53. Okay, now we're at 125. 48 big blocks at Land of Legends. Wow, right? Yeah. And exactly. I just got the word on Pen Can. That was 35. 35 of Pen Can for King of the Can. So now we are at 208 modifieds in competition yep. yesterday. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Wow. That's... Yeah, I have a shot. And, you know, people complain, oh, the guys, you know, oh, they schedule all these races, you know, at the same time. Well, first of all, where are you... There's only so many weekends in a year, a month, at the end of the month. Correct. These big races. And can you... Uh, be honest with yourself. How many Fonda cars did we... How many cars did Grandview lose to Fonda? Two. Go down. Prego. That's two, no Yankowski. Two. And Yankowski. So maybe three cars. I maybe guess. three. That's, that's it. Them guys weren't coming down. No. Now, if it's COVID and New York is shut down, yes, Shepard will be there. Yeah. Yes, Stu right. will show up. You will get maybe off the wall guys like a no offense Trout Troll like I wasn't expecting a laner. Right. Um, those guys. Exactly. But. Here's the thing. If you take these four races, which, yes, it sucks. They competed against each other, and it was two against two in the same state. Yes, it sucks. If you take them four races and you make it all right, Grandview, you're going to run this weekend. Fonda, you can run next weekend. Land of Legends, the next one, and Pancan, the next one. You're not getting 208 modifieds to show up to every one of them races. No. <laughs> Pennsylvania, half the, Pens- half the Pennsylvania guys can have big blocks. So, <laughs> so it's, it, you know, and the, and the crowds, I think, you know, I don't know what Penn Cans was, but and I know the crowd of Fonda, you know, from people I talked to was really, really good. Grandview had a good crowd. Uh, Land of Legends usually gets a decent crowd. So, you know, yeah, you, you do force people to choose, but the drivers themselves, they're going to go where they're going to go, and it doesn't matter. Right. That's the thing. And so Land of Legends was all big blocks. So right, right. there, those guys can't run Grandview. Grandview is a Speckhead only show. Well, Speckheads, I don't know that they couldn't have ran Land of Legends, but they would have been fish out of water. And it's that's just it's just how it goes. I mean, yeah. 
people, it's so funny too. Like, and, and, you know, I listen to these, these conversations going on with these people. And it's like, do you hear what you're saying? Like, do you understand on a Saturday night, there are what? 13 to 16 modified tracks running at the same time. Yeah. On a Saturday. Yeah. Probably. Okay. And they do it every week the same way. Yeah. So who cares? You got a chance to run for 30 last night at Grandview. You could have ran for 50 at, at Fonda. Ran for 10 at, 10 at Land of Legends and I think like 6,700 at Pancan. Yeah. So, well, is it worth it to, you know, a guy like Rudolph runs Land of Legends last night, wins 10 grand. Well, if I would have taken my small block and hauled it all the way to Grandview for 30... I don't have a lot of laps there, and Von Doren, Strunk, Cressley, Howard might take me to school. What's worth my time? Exactly. It's, it's exactly right. And yeah, them guys are they're gonna run up there because they're used to them tracks and they have cars that are set up for them tracks. And you know they're not gonna venture down like you said, Friesen or Shepard, Prego. Them guys might, but. But them other guys, they're not going to venture down, even if it's $30,000, because they, they're not used to the track, and they they know it's going to be a long shot. Right, right. I mean, okay, again, let's go with Perego, Stu, and Shepard. They're very, very, very talented drivers, and those are probably the guys that can adapt to something they don't normally see quicker than most, I would think. They can just figure it out. You know, if you built a brand new racetrack today, they would be the guys I would suspect would figure it out quickest on what it to do race car wise. But they're just, it's not worth your time to go. Okay. If just take Fonda and Grandview and separate them. Who from down here is going up there? You will get some, you'll get some junior Gouler, Strunk, those guys will go. But flip it the other way, you're not getting guys from up there to come down here. It's just, it's not how it goes. It never has been. I mean, they had the one year when it was 50000 to win for the Sixer. And then, yeah, obviously, you got the big guys coming for that one. Larry White was there, Decker, Ward, they were all, all them guys came down at that point. But that was, you know, one doesn't happen very often. But Fonda didn't run, though, either. Fonda didn't run. And then two years ago, with COVID, they were all there at the Sixer, but nothing else was going on. New York was shut down. So, but, you know, they, they would rather stay up in New York for the most part. Yes, exactly. I mean, and, and with today, cost of fuel is not cheap at all. And if you suck, that's a long-ass ride home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... Two years ago, Decker came down. He didn't qualify, you know? Exactly. It's just funny hearing hearing the the gossip of, um, you know, oh, well, because of that race, we could have had more. Come on. No, it's, it's people don't, sometimes they just don't think things through. It's like, and people just like to pitch. <laughs> No, people people complain. Get out of here. Get a lot, a lot of a uh, lot of keyboard warriors out there. They call them so, but uh, it is what it is. 
keeps it keeps the internet interesting. Yeah, or or makes people want to pull their hair out. You're right. Exactly. Well, a little bit both. Yeah, <laughs> I can't afford to lose much more hair. <laughs> um, so were you in attendance for the 38er on Friday night? No, I was not. I I was actually I was sick most of the week and. I didn't want a chance at going Friday night and getting home real late and having to get back up early and go. So, um, I, I decided to stay home. I, you know, I wish I would have went with Logan running so well, but it's, you know, it, whatever. I, I missed it, but I'm glad I did what I did. Cause you know, getting up early, I got a good night's sleep Friday night and I felt much better Friday. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know any other, I mean, maybe you would know me, you know, was, is going to super dirt week, let's say Sunday, just Sunday is, are cars in tech at 9am? Is that like a common thing? Yes. Okay. But that's also an afternoon race too. I've, I don't know that I've ever been to another event where it's a night race, just like every other Saturday. And tech is full of race cars at 9 a.m. It's absolutely yeah. insane. I mean, it, but, and I think that that's what helps build that hype, too. That's what it, it just, oh, all right, everyone's here and everyone's sitting outside and everyone's watching. Um, all the drivers walk by and go back to their campers and, um, you know, it just, it starts to build, it starts to build. And then, and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, race time's almost here. All right. It, it it's, um, you know, it's, it's a different process. Like I don't see it anywhere else where it's that, I mean, I guess you could also say, I mean, again, I haven't been to super dirt week, so I, I can't speak to it, but Eastern States Friday, you know, with running big blocks, uh, time trials and all that early in the morning or late morning. Like, I think it has the same kind of feel, but there's also racing going on earlier, too. Yeah, it's Super Dirt Week used to have that feel a little bit. It's a little different now as we go. Uh, they don't have to go through inspection process before the race anymore. But uh, it, it is it just has that big race feel. And it's. That's what I look for. I like that. I like hanging out. I like seeing people in the campgrounds. And, you know, I love walking around and visiting people. And like you say, you know, we, we get there early um, to watch the, just, you know, I'm, I'm a race fan at heart. Mm-hmm. And just to watch the cars pull in, it's, it's always like, especially when you, somebody sees a hauler, oh, who's that? I haven't seen that before. It's like, so um, it's, it's always a cool thing. You know, we, we make it a thing on, you know, 76 or morning. You get there early and me and some of my photographer buddies there, we all cook out and that's sort of our thing we do every year. And it, yes, yesterday was awesome. Had a little different feeling to it, knowing what might happen. But um, all in all, it was just a great day. And uh, you, you, it's nice to smell the campfires going and people cooking breakfasts and things like that. And that's always a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I just did some quick research. Find find this to be funny. So we talk about 2020 and how guys came down because they couldn't run anything in New York with COVID and everything, right? 
Do you know there were more modifieds yesterday at Grandview than there was in 2020? Uh, no, I didn't know that, but it doesn't doubt me. It doesn't, I don't doubt it at all. And, uh, I actually did think of that at one point. I was wondering how many more. There were 70 competing again, no, no backups and all that. 70 right. cars competed. Yep. 70. Now I'm not basing this off of who were your lock-ins either, but there were 70 cars amongst the heat races in 2020 so part shortages tire shortages fuel costs um yeah racing's pretty much alive yeah and you know it's good because you know in the last few weeks uh you know i I try to follow the pulse of it as best i can and i was literally you know when the grandview news came out and then you hear all this other stuff it was actually depressing me i was like you know here i was really feeling good about it for a while and then started like get depressed about it. like what's going to happen with the modifies and then then you get a weekend like this where you there were 200 modifies of four tracks and it sort of make me feel good and uh i'm like yeah you know people complain there's no parts so much money it's we can't get things we can't get tires blah 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 and but you know what they're racers and they're all there when it's time to race yes yeah i think if you you'll find a way you'll find a way to get there you'll find a way to do it um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some guys that it, it definitely has affected and unfortunately so, but yeah, I think, um, I think racing's doing all right. I think so. And you know, this money keeps being put up and guys are going to show up and they want, they want that money. That's the end of it. Um, you know, look, I like Norm didn't see him a whole lot this year. Two cars in the field yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, racing's uh, racing's doing all right, I think. So, uh, what are your plans for this upcoming weekend, sir? I am actually taking the next two weekends off. This weekend is my anniversary. Holly and I have been married seventeen years this weekend, so we're gonna happy anniversary. Think Thank you. I think we're gonna go down to Atlantic City Sunday and uh, stay, try to stay overnight and come on Monday. Um, and then the following weekend, I just. That's the, the only weekend in October I'm home. So I'm just going to play cool and trade easy and do some stuff around the house. And because that following Thursday morning, I'll be on the road to uh, Oswego. Yeah. And then it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop from there. <laughs> no, because you go from Oswego <clears throat> to Port, Port Royal to Orange County States, to Georgetown. Georgetown. And then, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I feel like this season just started yesterday and we're already now we're gone through all the local tracks are pretty much done with points and specials or abroad. I'm definitely going to be in attendance for Danny's race on Sunday and think going down for the qualifiers too on Saturday. Yep. Yeah. I, like, I always like to go to that race, but you know, it's a, you know, it's just it's my anniversary and you know, I'm away a lot in October, so it's, you know, you got to do what's right. Not everyone has it like I do where I can take my wife to the racetrack for my anniversary. So, right, exactly. You got married, you got, you, well, you got married in the month of the races. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and took her to the see is, late models, which she absolutely could not stand at the time. So that makes it even better. Right. Yep. Well, I got married, I got married on September 24th. And uh, we didn't really take a honeymoon right after our wedding. I said, well, 
We'll get married. We we'll get married on the twenty fourth, but we'll let you know in two weeks. I'm going to Super Dirt Week, so <laughs> they always she always kid me. I took my honeymoon with my buddies at Super Dirt Week. That's kind of funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, they knew this about us when they agreed, right? Exactly. Yep. She knew I went there every October. I've been doing it for thirty over thirty years since nineteen seventy nine. I've missed two races. Two Super Dirt weeks since 1979, and I just don't miss it. I would I would have missed two years ago because my niece got married, and I had to go to that, but COVID sort of stopped that, so I never missed one. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. Oh, chips may fall where they do, right? Yes, they do. So even that one, I would have went up on Sunday only. So <laughs> I'm leaning towards doing that. This year, um, never been to Oswego. I'm leaning towards going up. I think um, we've done the Natty Open at the Grove the last couple of years, and I think we're going to go to Fulton for the 200. And then, um, you know, I've always done Afton or wherever the Short Track Super Nationals are, I think going to bag that and go to Oswego. I'm really interested to see what Corcoran can do with that track. Yeah, I was, I was actually on the phone with Dean Reynolds the other day. I had to call him about something else, and he's uh, they're very happy the way the track's gone down so far. You know, they they've had good weather, and they got a GPS. I don't know if you saw any of the videos, but mm -hmm. they actually have a bulldozer bulldozer with a GPS system, and it's helping with the depth of the surface. And they've had and unlike most, some years, they've had really good weather this year. So. Um, Hopefully it's gonna play out. They're they're confident about it, so we'll see. Yep, yep. It's all gonna. It all comes down to Sunday and what it looks like. So, and they moved around the schedule too, so they're not running three features on Sunday, only two. Hopefully that also does help. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and you know, it's it's that, and unfortunately, you're gonna miss Eastern States this year because you're going to a. Uh, destination wedding i hear but yeah but i'll be drinking with buck walter and umbenhauer all weekend so god help my soul god. <laughs> that's not that's not good <laughs> hey it uh it could end up being more entertaining so we're just yes with it that. could we'll stick with that yeah it's good but we're gonna miss you up at Asian state so well i appreciate it tell mr pitts i said hello and uh, I'm sure he'll send me a picture of his cat. So thank you for that. <laughs> it's going to be on Dirt Track Digest this year. Oh, wow. We're doing, we're doing the broadcast this year, yeah. Might, so. might have something to watch on the way home. And, Mal and Mallet will be in the booth with Mr. Piss. So buy the pay-per-view, mute the volume. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, enjoy your your Sunday, and I know I didn't give you green white checkered, but I think I'm gonna have you on as an actual guest in the next few months, just about you, sir. So we will do that then. Yep, that's it. Enjoy your your fun day Sunday with football, and uh, if you're if you're bored, three o'clock on Flow Lucas Oil Knoxville Nationals. They rained out yesterday. They run today. Late models at Knoxville. I'm actually, gonna, I'm actually gonna go home. I think I'm gonna go home and turn on the uh, 200 from last night. You said they had like a 45 minute break at lap 100. They they redid the track. Yeah, that's interesting. 
it is interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but hey. I understand. It. I understand it's for the best, better part for racing, but it's I don't know. In the middle of a race to reach the track. I they all know. raced on the same surface, right? So don't yep. matter. All right, bud. All right, boss. Thank you for having me on again. Yeah, absolutely. I'll catch up with you later on. All right. Talk to you, Casey. Bye-bye.